This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We do also have a preference for Geno Smith. And the fact that the Seahawks offense put up 555 total yards, went 9 of 12 on third down, and was pretty much flawless. Like, I, I there's like two plays I can think of where it's like, but that's really nitpicking when, you know, you think about football. It's played on that third down. It's played on, you know, all four downs at times. But going 9 of 12 on third down, superb stuff. And just sprinkling the ball around in a point guard style that Pete Carroll likes, not run heavy, but sprinkling, giving everyone a bit of love is uh, is so impressive. And talking about love, Griffin, Gino, I mean, we've got to pump the brakes a bit because it's Detroit, but this is four games now. Uh, okay, the 49ers game is a bit weird, but that was really good, right? Yeah, well, we can, yeah, it was the Lions, but we can put it in perspective because he has that's the best game a quarterback's put up against the lions in four games. They've had bad defense all year, but this was still the best. So like we can compare apples to apples there. Um, he, he absolutely, I mean, he nearly dominated. I mean, it was, it was just short of a domination. He wasn't perfect, but he was still, still freaky good. Um, and, and also this is, he played well in the Broncos game, 49ers game, as you said, but this is two games in a row where, um, I mean, like their points per drive is absurd. Like if, if, if you're, if they're not facing Nick Bosa, like <laughs> this offense can, you know, move the ball at will almost. And the and, play calling was weird in that game, right? The play calling was weird that game. Yeah. Um, and they're finally figuring it out in the red zone too, which is huge. Um, it's it's the it's Gino playing at a high level like his the optimized version of himself combined with being surrounded by a lot of talent on offense like a lot of talent and the execution has some variance to it because the guys are young right up front especially but Damian Lewis is making that year three jump maybe the jump he would have made last year if he could just have stayed healthy because he played really well the last six weeks of the season but you know every game is like Cross and Lucas make another jump. Austin Blythe is a formidable NFL center. You know, he had a rough game the last couple of series last week, but I thought other than that, he was fine. I mean, he had, he had a shoulder injury. Um, Gabe Jackson, I'm curious to see how he played because he has not been playing well this year. But keep Geno protected. He will execute the play. They've got receivers and like their tight ends are like a great group. You know, not not a single one of them is a game breaker, but they all have they all bring something unique. And Shane Waldron's using them to great effect. I thought Shane called a really good game. The run blocking was awesome. Rashad Penny is, you know, I mean, he's a great back. He's a good back right now. So, uh, yeah, that was, that's that was pretty cool. What Ty, are you guys general? Ty, are you 
Ty, are you disappointed that Geno Smith only completed, uh, hold on, 76.66% of his passes rather than the usual 80%? Are you upset yeah, about that? Yeah, yeah, it's not 80, so he's a scrub. He's obviously regressing. Mm-hmm. He has work um, to do. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's got to get back and uh, you know watch some film, uh, grind some film tonight, you know, um, and uh, you know try to get better uh, this week. You know, got to go one and zero. So uh, no, okay, yeah, he was. Uh, I mean, I'll ask you guys this in a, in a second, but like I, I feel like this is the most efficient we've seen the Seahawks offense in a really long time, just in terms of a whole game. And yeah, it's the Lions, but I mean, they were moving the ball at will pretty much all afternoon long there wasn't really um you know a long stretch at any point where they stalled uh where it just seemed like they weren't they weren't able to get anything going like this was just a complete effort by this unit it was awesome uh and once they started to get the run game going i mean those two third down runs the ones that they they scored on the ones that they hit the home runs on i mean just everything was working for them at, at, at that point you know it's uh it's really exciting, you know. Uh, again, obviously, it's the Lions, but it's still, it's now a full month of seeing them, you know, at least do this at points in time of every single game that they played. Even during the 49ers game, there were little glimpses here and there of, of some, you know, success. So it's, I, I think this is actually sustainable potentially. You know, obviously not 48 points, but I think like Gino doing what he's doing, if they can get the run game going a little bit better, I think they can be very efficient as an offense for the rest of this year yeah i love your i love your point ty about getting the run game going and and sort of you know there will be regression right but what basically what happens in the nfl is especially like the second half of the season that's when the real football gets played and teams know each other's tendencies and then it just becomes really weird and sort of like hyper like tendency based like to a level that the play calling is odd and 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 teams just know so much about each other that it's weird but what was encouraging this week uh, for Seattle was their, the two big penny run plays, both of which, you know, Gino, I think, checked into the second one. He definitely checked into the first one, the third and 16, which Penny housed, where uh, on, uh, before the, that play, it looked like they were in a like man-to-man press deal, and then but they were showing pressure. And then after the weird whistle incident, which, I mean, every player thought there was a whistle, so there clearly was. It was just quite loud in there. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah. After that, they were showing cover zero, so he checks into that run. But the, the point is, like, the Lions had tendencies which Seattle knew, and Seattle hadn't really been running the ball, right, in the first few games, right? Especially on third down, they'd been largely any time it was like third and four plus, they'd pass the football. Well, on the, in this game, there was two big incidents where they they went and checked into a run play against a favorable look, and they got it done. On uh, I think the the first play was inside zone, the second play was uh, guard tackle uh, pulling or yeah. like guard tackle wrap. So again, versatile run concepts. 
Really exciting stuff. If I just rattle off some stats, Penny, 17 carries for 151 yards, two rushing touchdowns, 8.9 yards per carry. Geno Smith, seven carries for 49 rushing yards. Kenneth Walker, eight carries for 29 rushing yards. And DS Gridge, one carry for six yards. Receiving, DK Metcalf, seven receptions for 149 yards. Tyler, which was really nice because he got some press looks, right? Um, Tyler Lockett, six catches for 91 yards. Will Disley, four catches for 39 yards and a touchdown. Colby Parkinson, two catches for 28 yards. DS Gridge, one catch for 10 yards. And then a few others. But... There's, again, like I said, spreading the football around. Ty, mm. you mentioned that, that you know that there might be some regression, but I think they have some inbuilt answers already, uh, mm-hmm. already you yeah. know there, and they haven't lent on the run game as much as you'd think. Yeah. Well, at all, really, they're a pass-heavy team on 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 neutral down still. I, I'd be interested to see how that comes about in in this game, but the fact that they're sort of running on passing downs for the big ones is sort of is going to remain similar. And then mm-hmm. Gino's excelling in the true dropback game as well, which, okay, some of these, like, some of their go-to concepts will get bottled up as teams realise their tendencies. Like, they've gone to the the rub route well a few times on passing third downs, uh, less short third downs, where teams might clamp that up. But then I have faith that there's more you can do with Gino. And we've, we've said how they've been leaving a bit of meat on the bone. Yeah, Maybe that's and- partly why. And we saw some wrinkles today get introduced, and we saw some new stuff like the the use of of Geno's legs and all that with uh, some of the design quarterback runs and um, the the play action boot stuff today that we saw was just yeah. I mean they they were destroying the Lions with that. I think there was only one of those that they actually got covered up properly. Um, yeah, it was so there that, every time. Yeah, so uh, we, so f- from like broadly speaking for the offense, there are some huge developments. I mean, yeah, Gino continues, no matter like what the game plan is, he continue, continues to execute really well. But there are developments in the game plan that they got DK going deep a little bit. Um, they got Lockett going deep. Um, like the opportunities were finally there. Um, you know, like with Russ, there'd be the five-step fade and the seven-step go ball, right? Um, with Gino, you're probably working more in the, you know, the, the, the shorter fades, like those gun three fades, which is a five-step fade technically. But like in that shorter like 20 to 30 yard range that we talk about. And sure enough, he hit DK. Did he hit two of them to DK this game? Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. and then like they're, they're running DK on deep digs on, on play action. Like, Oh man. Into like zone I was like holes. into zone holes. And then he hit DK on the bender against spot drop cover too. So um, they're, they're finding a way to, to get DK in there. And, you know, maybe, Maybe part of that is like then Waldron just being like, okay, I have protection, so I'm going to actually scheme it up a little bit now. Um, but so, yeah, when we talk about how they're primed for regression, they may not even be, they may not even regress in like process. They might just regress because it's other factors that are just will naturally bring it down. But how far you have to fall is the question. Like everybody will regress a little bit. Like Maddie, you're talking about game plans will adapt over the season. But it's exciting though because also like you guys said they have built in answers because they started off kind of small and they're continuing to build so as what they're doing maybe gets bottled up a little bit more they have so much more that they can tap into to 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 continue to adapt and evolve it and keep up their efficiency um but like i mean we, we we've on this podcast have discussed our our uh our relationship with the stat 
completed um, completion percentage over expectation. I think it's a really cool stat, but it it can mean different things. Not always, but sometimes regardless of all that he's completing right now, Gino is completing 13% higher percentage point, 13 higher percentage points than what is expected of his passes. And like the, the expected completion is fairly high, but then the actual completion is just absurd right now. Um, he's just deadly accurate when his feet are set and he can establish his base like the the, all all the throws to dk up the seam even even that deep deep post he threw to dk where dk like just went just past his fingers that was a pretty good ball considering the situation like he uncorked it so like when he can when he can tap into his full power with his base and get all the torque and everything he's got the arm to do it he's not like you know, it's so easy to because we had Russ where like Russ can throw, can uncork a perfect ball 50 yards downfield with his upper half and lower half doing t- two totally different things. Right. Gino, everything needs to be on a line. But when it is, he can uncork it. And, and, and they got deep multiple ways this year or this game. And they were still, you know, working their play action like you mentioned, Ty. And they were the drop back game was still like just finding the open hole in the zone you know, delivering accurate balls in the intermediate against man coverage. So when they did get a little bit of man coverage, so, um, and then the run game was working. So when all these things are working, that means they can live in different aspects of their, live in different aspects of their offense as the game plan requires moving forward. And that's why I'm not really worried about, you know, defenses adjusting to them because they will adjust to the adjustment because they have the ability and, and scheme and talent. And this is the first time in Seahawks history. We, we can talk individual plays, right? But we, we have the tape podcast for that. And there were so many good individual plays, right? That it's quite hard to focus on one. There wasn't necessarily a key point in the game because the offense kept going and going and going. And so this was the first time in Seahawks history that they hadn't punted in a football game. The Seahawks offense, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, missed field goal, which was very odd. I need to rewatch that. I, 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 there had to have been a weird snap. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I saw it on the replay. So it was kind of a high snap, and Dixon didn't get a great grip on it. It was kind of slipping out of his hand as he was bringing it to the ground, and he didn't turn the ball all the way around. He didn't get the laces fully out. The laces were kind of to the sideline. So There we yeah. go. Great special teams analysis time. Um, missed field goal, that, that one, and then touchdown, field goal, touchdown, and then the end of the game where they, they ran the clock out. So absolutely incredible stuff. 